0: Seven years ago, on June 17th, 2015, a small group gathered for Bible study at a Methodist church, Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, South Carolina. This is the oldest AME church in the South, one that has a long legacy of working for civil rights and racial justice. They say it wasn't unusual to get visitors at the church throughout the week especially in summer, tourists wandering the streets of downtown Charleston who would pop in and ask to look at the beautiful and historic church building. So they didn't think it particularly odd when a 21-year-old named Dylan Roof came in, asked for the pastor, was shown around the church, and then agreed to join in the Wednesday evening Bible study. He sat with the pastor and about a dozen other church members that night as they discussed this very passage, Mark 4, the parable of the sower, or as it's sometimes called, the parable of the soils. He participated in the study for nearly an hour, listening, discussing, debating at times, until finally, as the group began to close in prayer, he stood up pulled a gun out of his fanny pack, and began shooting. It was later determined that Roof had been radicalized with hateful disinformation online and had targeted these victims because of their race, as well as the civil rights work that they had been so active in. A pastor, a state senator, a track coach, a librarian— a 26-year-old aspiring rapper, an 87-year-old church choir member, and a white supremacist mass shooter, in what would turn out to be the final moments of most of their lives, studied together this parable from Jesus. On the anniversary of this horrific tragedy, there's a national movement for congregations to join with Mother Emmanuel AME Church in studying this same text and asking ourselves, what kind of soil are you? Now on the surface, there isn't much interpretive work for the preacher to do on this text. After all, this is the only one of Jesus' parables in which he tells us exactly what it meant. Jesus explains to his disciples that the seed that the farmer scattered is the word of God. And then it lands on four types of soil, four different human experiences of the message of God growing in our lives or not. The first type of soil is hard and dry, and Jesus says that this represents people who are not receptive to his word. And so the seed is plucked up by the enemy before it has a chance to take any root at all. Here I think of C.S. Lewis' Screwtape Letters, an allegorical tale in which a demon named Screwtape advises another demon, Wormwood, on how to keep a man from coming to faith in Christ. He says, it's funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds, but in reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. Do all you can, dear Wormwood, to keep our man from praying. Take out the desire. This is what the hard and dry soil looks like. The second type of soil is shallow and rocky. Jesus says this soil represents those who receive God's word with joy at first, but lack the depth for a strong faith to survive the inevitable challenges of this life. When I think of this type of soil, I recall a sermon in which your senior pastor, McGray DeVega, brought a vending machine on stage and talked about how many of us settle for a shallow version of faith known as moralistic therapeutic deism, in which we assume that we're basically good people. A vending machine type of God will dispense the answers to prayer that we ask for and our lives will be easy and blessed. Jesus says this is the shallow faith of rocky soil. The third type of soil, Jesus says, is thorny soil. The thorns, Jesus is very clear, represent worries and wealth and the desire for more things. These thorns choke the word of God, making it unfruitful. I wonder, what do worries and wealth and the desire for things have in common They all put the focus on us and on what is temporary in this life, choking out the focus on God and on what is eternal. I think of the pastor who asked his spiritual mentor, Dallas Willard, uh, what he must do to grow spiritually, and Willard replied, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. The pastor responded a little impatiently, okay, that's a good one, I've written that down, now now, what else, what's the next step? How do I grow spiritually? Willard replied, that's it. There is nothing else. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. See, hurry and worry and striving for wealth and status and success make our lives a thorny soil in which the word of God cannot thrive. Finally, Jesus says there is good soil, soft, receptive, open, free of rocks and thorns with plenty of depth for roots to grow. Notice that not all the good soil produces the same crop. Some produces 30, some 60, some 100. Each plant's diverse, but each miraculous in its own way. I became fascinated this week reading stories and articles about the Bible study group at Mother Emmanuel AME Church. In a large church of over 1,000 in membership, this was a small study of only about a dozen. It was an ongoing long-term group that happened every week, not just a little four-week or six-week class that you might join in for a bit, but an open-ended time of exploring the Bible each week. In this group were multiple pastors, seminary graduates, community leaders, lifelong, deep persons of faith. They would gather first for a potluck meal with a larger group of church members, and then this smaller group would break off for Bible study. With no formal textbook or curriculum, they simply opened the scriptures and discuss for an hour or more, verse by verse, how these words apply to our lives today. On the surface, this parable is simple, right? The word of God falls on different types of soil, so just be better soil. Get the hardness and the dryness, the rocks, the thorns out of your life so that the word of God can take root. Just be better soil. But the folks at Mother Emanuel Church that night were already pretty good soil, weren't they? Lifelong churchgoers, pastors, civil rights champions, devout students of scripture, elders of the church. These folks gave hours each week to delve deeper into their faith. Their lives were producing good fruit, 30, 60, 100-fold. If the only message of this parable was, Be better soil, These folks could have packed up and gone home early that night because there wouldn't have been much else to say. If Jesus' only purpose in this story was to get us on a soil improvement plan for the little plot of dirt that is our own individual lives, these folks could have answered the question, what kind of soil are you, pretty quickly and truthfully. My soil's looking pretty good, Jesus. And they could have called it a night. But soil isn't really an individual thing, is it? It's kind of hard to tell where my soil ends and my neighbor's soil begins. The property line that divides my neighbor's lawn from mine is really just an approximation, right? Is a blade of grass on the dividing line mine or my neighbor's? It depends which way the wind blows. A weed that starts growing from my side might easily spread to his A rock or thorn from the neighbor's territory could easily shift to mine. And if one of our lawns is dry or hard or sick with disease, it won't take long before the other's soil is affected too. I believe Jesus chose this metaphor of soil intentionally as a way of asking not just what kind of soil am I, but what kind of soil are we? This image is from a series of paintings done by French Catholic missionaries in order to help the Massa people in Cameroon hear the gospel in their own context. The missionaries worked together with the people of Cameroon to reimagine over 70 scenes from the Bible in an African context. In this painting of the parable of the sower, there is not only Jesus sowing, you also see people working alongside him, preparing the soil. In this way of looking at it, the question isn't whether we individually are good or bad or rocky or thorny soil. The question is who around us has obstacles in their way? Who around me has inherited challenges with their soil that maybe I've never had to face? Then we dig in deep to their lives together, pulling up the roots and the rocks and the thorns. Even if it's hot outside, even if we get a little dirt under our nails, even if our hands get scraped and cut. I'm amazed that the Mother Emanuel AME Bible study allowed Dylan Roof to join their little circle that night someone who didn't look like them, someone who didn't fit, someone whom they just as easily could have met with suspicion and exclusion and asked to leave. But they welcomed him in. Survivors even spoke about this at his trial. Perhaps they sensed an opportunity that night to dig into the life of another and do some gardening together. We continue in their legacy every time we practice our faith, not only as individuals, but also as a community. You might continue in their legacy this week by sharing the recent Florida Annual Conference United Methodist Resolution Against Gun Violence, written by Jim Harnish with your elected officials. You might continue their legacy this Juneteenth weekend by reading a resource on anti-racism as Christian discipleship. You might continue their legacy by doing an act of service. You might continue their legacy by sharing authentically and listening lovingly in a small group Bible study or even in the online comments of this very worship service. I believe Jesus asks us in this parable, not what kind of soil am I, but what kind of soil are we? One insight that I am sure that the Bible study group reflected on that night at Mother Emmanuel was that the soil is not ultimately the hero. The soil is not the main character of this parable at all. The sower is, and the sower sows recklessly, extravagantly. Some might even say wastefully. The sower scatters seed everywhere, even in the unlikeliest of places. The sower is not strategic. The sower is not stingy. He does not hold back and carefully place the seeds only in the best and most fertile grounds. No, the sower flings seed onto the driest and hard well-worn paths. The sower flings seed into the rockiest and thorniest ground. No soil, no person is unworthy. No soil, no person is too far gone. No soil, no person is beyond hope. The sower will get his hands dirty in the soil along with us. The sower will get his hands scraped up and bloody, even nail-scarred for the slightest chance that even one seed will take root and grow. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.